On Instacart, I can shop a huge selection of pet supplies, from that one brush that scratches him just right, to that extra comfy bed he can't wait to flop down in. And I get everything delivered right to my door in as fast as one hour. Okay, 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 settle down. I know it's here. Yes, very exciting. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get a free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. This is the final proper podcast of the year. I'm Luke, editor and runner of the website, thecustardtv.com. Joining us for his trinultimate time on the podcast, is it's Gary. Thing? It is now, no. I've just... Is yeah. it? Can I check? I know, I know it's been six, seven years. Why do you call yourself the runner of the podcast? Of the, of I the don't. Website? I don't know. It's just. It's like Matt's hello. You know, it's like it's almost like your catchphrase. Hello. Yeah, I don't mean to say <laughs> hello, yeah. Matt. Not yet. Pull it back. Okay. <laughs> right. Introduced yet? Stay quiet. <laughs> yeah, it is like muscle memory. I don't ever mean to say it. it just comes out. So Gary's in the London area. Hi. And Matt is in the north. Am I? Oh, oh. that was, see, that was oh. the one time you were supposed to do it. You've, you, you've used your hello quota now. <laughs> I, I like <laughs> the idea, though, that one week when I, in the new year when I'm, when I'm listening, Matt might not be in the north. He might be in the next room. <laughs> what, what, is he going to move in with you? <laughs> well, no, no, with you. Like, like oh, this right. his idea. Like, he says, I, or, or am I in the north? That kind of mystery. Yes. Uh, yeah. Mystery podcasts are really popular, actually, aren't they? So we should keep our location under wraps. Plus also the CIA and the government and all that. Luke. Hey, everybody, here's our staff. Gary. I've never heard of him before today. And Matt. He's a professional. Talking telly. Try it. Just for one week. Just try the program for one week. This is the Custard TV Podcast. And this, I guess, is kind of... The last podcast in this form, there's going to be for a while. I'm sure Gary will be back at some point, but in well, this I've format... I've already agreed that I will come back for Gary Goes Westeros. Game of Thrones. <laughs> and, and Stranger Things, which after us talking about, I did notice that they've released a trailer yeah, for. I saw do you know that. What, do you know what I've realised with Gary? If you, if you give him a, a punny title, he'll come back. If yeah, you we'll give put him Gary a punny on Patreon t- in the new year, so you have to pay to listen to him. Oh, that, that sounds that, like that, he's that, on that, a drip. That's not going to do your figures any good. <laughs> Don't I'm you want do people your... to sign up for Patreon, not unsubscribe? <laughs> That's very true. Speaking of the website, uh, you can go there now for our lists of the best and worst of the year, plus all the Christmas listings from uh, Saturday the 22nd of December till uh, Friday the 4th of Jan. It's all there in one bumper post for not you to read. my Christmas away. I know, it's miserable, isn't it? I mean, I, I don't recommend you get a highlighter out and highlight stuff on the tablet or monitor, but bookmark it, keep checking it. 
you can use that as a guide to where, where, what where on you the want website is this this all oh well, there it is yeah just seen it yeah. i've noticed as well sorry you're going back to the website uh the the response on twitter from the industry and people has been very positive for you for us and you guys with the website work yes um it, it's made me sort of slightly pride proud yeah me too thank you for that uh you um, can follow us all on Twitter, and we'll tell you how to do that. Uh, yeah, and and thanks again for everyone who gave us feedback on their favourite shows of the year, and that'll all be on the um, end of the year yep. podcast as well. At Custard TV Pod, um, feedback on all of your favourite Christmas shows and things like that. We'll we'll be putting pointers to some new stuff we'll be doing in the new year to fill the Gary shaped void. It's a very big void um, in all easy, of our lives. Easy. I've... We're going to be talking about about the good place. Is it bigger or smaller than Janet's void? I don't know. <laughs> I can't nice, decide. Nice, nice segue. So with that, let's do, for the time being at least, the very last edition oh. of Gary Goes West. We actually have a new show to talk about, and it's called The Kaminsky Method. Now, this is on Netflix. So this is fairly star-heavy and is written and created by Chuck Lorre. Now, if that name rings a bell, you'll probably have seen it at the end of every US sitcom on E4. Uh, he, he does the Big Bang Theory, Two and a Half Men. Uh, what other things does he do? Was it Roseanne lot, was one of his? Roseanne, I think, was his, yeah. So he's, um, This is not what I would call a traditional Chuck Lorre comedy. Chuck Lorre comedies are obviously uh, normally studio-based and are what you would call a traditional sitcom. There's canned laughter. The humour is sort of PG, PG-ish. Well, they're uh, all network sitcoms, aren't absolutely, they? And that's yeah. the difference. Uh, and the Kaminsky Method is very different. It stars Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin, and they are Sandy Kaminsky, which is the Kaminsky Method, and he is uh, a, an acting coach. And Alan Arkin is his best friend and agent, uh, Norman. And right at the beginning of the first episode, um, he is running an acting class. There's a few uh, people that you might recognise from other sitcoms in his class. And they're a bunch of pretentious L.A. people. There's the typical kind of like over-the-top actors. There's the dude. He's sort of teaching them how to be an actor. And throughout this first episode, you see him sort of like uh, interacting with all these students. And, of course, with Norman. And uh, Norman's wife is very sick. She's dying of cancer. Um, and it's her life, it's a sort of dying wish to meet um, uh, uh, the, the new uh, beau of Sandy, which is ironically one of his students, but it's a more mature student. Played rather well, I thought, by Nancy Travis. Hang on a minute, you've not got a thing wrong here. Not a detail is out of place. If there's been a joke for the past seven years, and now yeah, I've, I've actually <gasps> known what I'm doing. He's waiting for some other podcast to snap him up, isn't it? <laughs> That's this, right, this, this is, is, is my I'm, 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 I'm putting myself in the shop window. If this is an audition tape, this is all getting edited out. It stars a number of very famous people in some very interesting uh, roles. Lisa Edelstein pops up as Norman's uh, druggy daughter. And even um, Elliot Gould pops up for a funny bit later on as well. It's just sweet and funny. There was this very nice kind of like self-referential time. Although it was Chuck Lorre, there was no canned laughter. But the jokes were there. There were moments. Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin were a good duo to play off each other. The chemistry there is really good. I don't know whether they have any kind of like behind-the-scenes friendship, 
but they are very, re, re, very likable as a duo's friends. They go off and do certain things. Once uh, Norman's wife unfortunately does pass away, there's a hilarious uh, funeral. Uh, there's also some <laughs> love in the same way That's that a actually... phrase you don't hear very often. Isn't no, it? it is, and it, it is quite nice and sweet. A lot of it is centered around conversations with these two older guys, and it's only eight episodes, and they're only half an hour. I think it is perfectly watchable. I have to say, I agree with what with the majority of what you're saying. I think any time that Alan Arkin and Michael Douglas were together, I believed all of that. I yeah. thought that there's some nice gags, like a woman half your age is still an, still old, an woman. old woman. I quite like that gag. I agree with everything Gary said. I think it's very sweet. I think it's just nice, easy watch. I may watch more. My only issue, and it's a minor niggle, is I don't really like the acting class scenes. Mm. I think they're a bit more cliche, and I couldn't help thinking... Barry. If I, if I, you know, if this was Barry, <laughs> yeah. I'd be yeah. into this. I couldn't I help the thinking same that. I think Michael Douglas, it's nice to actually see him trying and wanting to make mm. this work. It reminded me of a really good film that I really like called Wonder Boys, where oh, yes. he plays this really, really brilliant author who... Um, is a womanizer and you know had this really big book that everyone reviles but then mm. you know reveres sorry and then after that doesn't write anything again and lives off the success of that this feels very similar to that and I think that as you say there is a genuine chemistry between uh, Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin who is really good and I think there's a great balance between the comedy and the pathos of yeah, uh, Norman's wife passing away towards the end of the episode you know often when we're given shows to watch as homework you think, oh, but it was I mean, really yeah. I mean, as you say, the clunkiest bit was probably the bit where they go... Because, again, they're doing scenes from films, like the girl does yeah. a scene from Steel Magnolias. Yeah. That, that reminded me of Barry. And then the bit where Nancy Travis is saying why she liked the second part better, that felt very clunky because that felt like, oh, here's some of the plot being edged in here. But, no, I, I, I liked it, and there were genuine, like, three or four laugh-out-loud bits, mm, so it obviously works. Agree. I think it got two Golden Globe nominations recently. Yeah, and it's on a lot of people's critics of the US Best of the Year list as yeah. well. And as I said, we've said this, half-hour comedies or half-hour dramas, yeah. we begin, we're really beginning to big those up because we like yeah. that difference. We like that option not to have to mm. be drawn into an hour for everything. The other thing that we wanted to comment on is the fact that The Good Place has, has returned recently on Netflix, but it's now in its kind of December break. This last episode was, um, well, it was uh, fucking good. Throughout this season, there's been a bit of up and down because this series, they were back on Earth. Ted Danson's character kind of reversed things so that they could live back their lives as if they didn't die. And it caused a bit of confusion because they weren't in the good place or the bad place. And yet we still managed to get quite a bit of back and forth. They went on this kind of little side mission where instead of trying to make them good they decided to make everyone around them good that kind of reminded me of my name is earl and although that had a good start it did deteriorate pretty quickly and i'm glad that they've kind of gone away from that and reset now where they're back into the the sort of the alternative universe via janet's void en- void uh a tour de force by the actress oh that plays God. Janet. Darcy Carden. Darcy oh Carden should be getting nominations. She, in what this last most recent episode, pulled off, I don't even think I would call them mimics. They were more like straight up imitations yeah. of the main four actors apart from Ted Danson. Because in her void, she couldn't replicate their human forms. They had to be in her. But then and she, she was to playing do it. various Janets as well on top of That's that. That's right, yeah, including, including my new favourite character, Dull Finance Janet. Can we just talk very quickly 
about Michael McKean's yes. appearance as well, because that was a real highlight for me, um, seeing the real-life Doug Forsett. You may remember in the first oh, episode yes. ever, Eleanor asked Michael, did any of the religions get it right, what heaven is? And he says, Doug Forsett got the closest. And then in an episode this season, you actually met Doug Forsett, who is this man so determined to get good place points that he, he never does anything yeah. wrong. Because he yeah. had an LSD trip in the 80s or the 70s, the 70s, 70s and, I think and, was, yeah. and actually found out about the, the point system, didn't he? Mm. My friend Randy and I ate some magic mushrooms. Randy asked me, what do you think happens when you die? And I saw with perfect clarity how the afterlife works. Immediately, I knew I had to live a perfect life. Well, not immediately. The next day, all I could do was watch kung fu movies and stroke a blanket that I thought was my cat. But soon after, I designed a life that would maximize my point total and help me get into the good place. And I've been living it ever since. Mm. I know this sounds crazy. No, no, actually, it makes it makes perfect sense. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. You've been sitting here for 10 minutes and I haven't offered you anything to eat or drink. Uh, would you like some water? Or fresh radishes. Water would be great. <laughs> How cool is he? You know, for a celebrity, he's amazingly down to earth. Stars, they really are just like us. He's so thoughtful with mm -hmm. his actions. Thank goodness he had that hallucination. He could have had the one Randy had where everything was made of ears. Way less helpful. We have to learn everything we can about what makes him tick so we can use it to help others. He is the blueprint, Janet. He figured it all out. Here we go to the waters. Let me know if you're not happy with them. I have ice cubes if it's too warm and a koozie if it's too cold. <laughs> oh, boy, that has a interesting aftertaste. Is that from a nearby river? Oh, no. Why take fresh water away from the beavers and the fish? Uh, no, I have my composting toilet hooked up to a water filtration system. One man's waste is another man's water. Mm. And both men are me. <laughs> <laughs> and in the twist that, that, that we find out by Michael and Janet going to the accountancy section where all the points are generated, we find out that even this character hasn't had enough points to get into the good place. And nobody has got into the good place for the last 20, was it 52 years or 25 years? 500 years. 512 years. There you are. They have discovered an anomaly in the, the counting system and what they decide to do is, is they get taken into a place that's like a distribution room where there's two pipes. One goes to the good place and one Mail goes to the bad place. Mail and uh, they jump up. They sent Jason first, which I think was hilarious. And they all end up in the proper good place. And the reason that we know it's the proper good place is because Eleanor, who's been undergoing somewhat of a mission to find out if she really is good or not. And she basically comes up with the whole... Seriously, where the fork are we? Fork. Shirt. Ashole. <gasps> Holy forking shirt balls. We're in the good place. I know other people have said it had a dip, and maybe it did, but not enough of a dip for my enthusiasm to have a dip. I've really loved it. But Matt actually used Hello. some of his time off. Hello! Hello. Some, of his, some, some of his time off this week to catch up on the four he, he hadn't seen. I think so, it's five. 
Okay. There has been a dip. I felt it was all a bit sort of like a bit of a road trip, as Gary said, you know, it went mm. all a bit My Name is Earl. There was bits of those episodes that I thought were all right. You know, the stuff with Eleanor finding out her mum had faked her death. The stuff with Michael McKean I really liked, but I think for me it didn't get back up to the stand at all, the most recent episode with the Janets. And well, I the, the bar fight was well done as well. I mm. thought that was all well but done. But that, that was the Doug Fawcett episode, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So those last two episodes, I think, got it back up again for me. I will keep watching it now because I think this, this new thing with them now actually in the actual good place... It's got to back to sort of its inventive best with the Janet's episode. And yeah. I do think when the next sort of round of Emmy nominations come round, then Darcy Carden should be up for supporting actress or someone deserves a slap. So, yeah, next up, we've got um, the return of the marvellous Mrs. Maisel. This was the um, Amazon Prime series about uh, the uh, 1950s housewife who becomes a stand-up comedian, stars Rachel Brosnahan... Alex Borstein and Tony Shalhoub, all of whom were nominated for Emmys. It won five Emmys. It's created by Amy Sherman Palladino, best known for Gilmore Girls. I really loved it the first time around, gave it a glowing review, watched it all in about a week. I've watched the entire second season. Luke is on episode... Seven. Seven. It's an interesting one because the first season had a sort of flow to it in that she was leading towards her big gig. It was her discovering her talent for stand-up comedy whilst trying to keep it a secret. Her marriage also broke down. That's how the sort of impetus for the uh, first stand-up set that she did. She's got two children as well, and her parents are quite sort of strict Jewish parents. This season, certainly the first half of it, which I watched because we got a preview copy of it, is a bit sort of lackadaisical and a bit anecdotal really um i was going to use the word episodic but it is his episodes parents go to paris for a couple of episodes mrs mazel's there midge is there for an episode um later on you see them on their summer holidays at the catskills it's only towards the latter half of the season and you're just getting into it now where you see her sort of her comedy career take off again you see the focus on that in the second half of the season she goes on tour She's part of a telethon. My issue with it is it happens with a lot of streaming shows and I feel like because they they get given a lot of money, they kind of lose perspective a bit and I feel like the only reason they went to Paris in that first episode and the second... Did they actually go to Paris though or was it just... Yes, yes, oh. I read up on it, they okay. did. And my sense when I was watching it was... They just went to Paris because they could go to Paris and because it looks incredibly good in HD and it, it didn't feel right of the series. I, it, I felt it worked in terms of the character of the mother who was trying to sort of re-explore herself. It does sort of play into the arc of Abe, Tony Shalhoub's character, the father, throughout the rest of the season. He has an interesting arc throughout the season yeah. and it does start with the sort of the Paris episodes and things like that. On the whole, though, when it works, it works brilliantly. It's just that they've taken a more relaxed approach to this. I agree. Certainly in the first half of the season. I think when you watch, the other thing is that they know they've got two seasons, two Mm. and three. And I think they knew which points they wanted to hit. So at the end of episode five, we get a reveal, don't we, that sort of changes the course of the, the rest of the season. That was all brilliant. I think 
Amy Jim Palladino and Daniel, her husband, who co-writes it in the team, sort of knew which points they wanted to hit. You know, they knew they wanted this reveal of what happened with Joel. They knew they wanted this scene at the end of episode five. They knew they wanted an episode where she and Susie go on tour and they know they wanted what mm. happens in the final episode. You can almost see the, the pin board with all these things on it, can't mm. you, that... We don't. We want to get there, but we yeah. don't get there quite yet. And I think it, it's not really a risk because it is, at its heart, a very light-hearted mm. and warm show. So it's sometimes just but, nice yeah. to be in their company. And I the rhythm know, of the dialogue is yeah, great as well. I mean, I love the rhythm of the dialogue. You know, I'm a big Amy Sherman, Sherman Palladino fan. And I think the other thing that works is the production design and the way it's shot. And you say about going to Paris. I wasn't a massive fan of that because I think New York is the centre of the yes, show. it's almost the, sort of the character. Hustle hustle. It's almost I th- important. I think the cut skills work to an extent because that is a believable that they go here every year. You know, everyone knows them. And I think when it goes a bit darker and looking at this woman whose life had been mapped out for an extent and then to have this blow of her husband leaving her for his secretary and then coming back again. What I would say I liked about this season is you get a lot more from Alex Borstein as Susie and you see a bit more of her life. The relationship between her and Midge in the second half of the season and that sort of almost fracturing to an extent, you know, because they had quite, you know, she sort of discovered her and things like that. But then Midge sort of realises the reality of trying to become a comedian and things like that. Kevin Pollock and the actress who play the, the in-laws, yeah. they're very good. They're, there you are know, lots of really well-drawn characters that just pop up. Yeah. I do think the character of Joel, who is her ex-husband, is a little bit of a wet lettuce and less interesting mm. when the when the story swings I agree with him. that because they don't seem to. They sort of got an idea again. She's sort of got an idea of what she wants to do with Joel, but he's half sort of taking over his dad's factory. Wants to make it run better, but he's not sure. And then he's sort of trying to buy Midge an apartment, and then trying to find himself an apartment, and ends up living in the factory. The, the back half of the season has a lot more plot to it. I think they, all the plot is in the back half of the season. I mean, they introduce while they're in the Catskills a new love interest played by um, Zachary Levy. The final episode is quite... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Poignantly drawn. The team here have got an idea of where they want mm. to end this season and, and where they want to where they want to. And I think in the, yeah, in the fact of this, this could have been better as an eight than a ten. Because often we say TV's 
moved away from episodes. Mm, this and feels I, very episodic. And th- this and does feel like I the think one where they're a, in the Catskills. Yeah. And the, uh, yeah. I think that is a, a good thing, though. I, yeah, I miss I episodic do. TV to an extent. Yeah. If you, ask, if you love Marvelous Mrs. Maisel the first time round and you're struggling a little bit, persevere, because, as I say, mm. it does improve. That latter half has a lot of good moments in it. And as I say, it does focus back more on her as a stand-up. The, you know, Rachel Brosnahan is still fantastic. I mean, all the cast are fantastic, but I would say the actor who plays Joel, again, I, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but everyone else in the show I really like. It looks fantastic and the dialogue is really great, and especially her stand-up material, I think, is, is sort of really, raises job. It's really, really clever. That could be really clichéd and really difficult to watch, and it's always really engaging and fun. But and she again, just takes to it effortlessly yeah. as well. She's just really good. Marvellous Mrs. Maisel. Watch it over Christmas. It's um, good for this time of year. It's good sort of comfort viewing. I always like to watch Gilmore Girls at sort of autumn, winter time as well, because it is sort of good. With a big jumper on. So that, that therefore, was the last and possibly best, based upon your feedback, uh, Gary Goes West. But if yeah. I don't play the music, it never ends. We just we stay here in this void. <laughs> This is the last chance that Gary will have a chance to laugh at this. With the reviews, it's Matt. Yes! Oh, I'm going to miss that. I mean, I'll still hear it, but I'm going to miss being here live for it. <laughs> I'm just thinking I've got a <laughs> pizza coming and if he keeps this going too long. Oh, is he doing that again? I know it's a classic, but to be fair, I mean, you know... Oh. What you got? So you got what? What you got on your? Hello, pizza? hello. Oh my God! I, I thought I'd make you wait, Gary, because it's your last one. You know. <laughs> right? No, I'm, I'm happy. I haven't got a pizza coming in thirty minutes or, or a oh, pound back or, or less. Do you still get a pound back if you don't get it? I time? don't know. Oh, okay. I paid by card. Can you find out and get back to me? I will do. Thanks, Gary. Do you want to talk about clique? I have seen only the two, but I think those okay. two have intrigued me. To watch have they watch. intrigued you? They have. This is the second series of uh, Clique, the university drama set in Edinburgh. Second series, you see at the start, Holly's sort of trying to stay away from the limelight a little bit, isn't she? She's working in a bar. Yeah, she's not getting involved in any sort of student protest activity. No, she's moved going in on. with Louise, who was one of the girls from the clique in the first series. When she's at the bar, she meets this guy um, from this website called Twitcher. He posts these sort of controversial videos, and it's mainly about sort of masculinity and things like that, and how, right. like, because a lot of it is to do with this sort of accusation of rape towards the end of the first episode. There's this group of boys who are sort of linked to this guy. I think his name's Ben, who runs Twitcher. The main one is Jack, who has these sort of blackouts and is accused at the end of the first episode of raping Raina, the younger girl, after she and Fraser are attacked by a gang of lads thought to be the new clique of the title. Holly then sort of goes undercover, tries to investigate the truth because there's all these different sides of the story. Is Raina telling the truth? Are the boys, you know, wholly sort of evil? That's the sort of plot. I did enjoy the start of the first series. I, I did struggle a little bit with the end. I think I'm not alone in that. It did go proper bonkers. It did. 
I like the the style of the show. She's obviously writing from some point of experience of being in university and being an activist well, in some way, I would imagine. It's Jess Britton, who is the daughter slash sister of the two guys who did Skins. There was a brilliant scene at the beginning where there's quite a lot of students protesting inside a hall and these four guys drop mm. a load of snowflakes on them. Yeah. And of course, that that's quite culturally relevant, you know, with the whole idea that if you're, you know, if you're if you're left wing leaning, you're a snowflake. The, the kind of more violent bits or the more edgy bits are done quite well. There is a that sort of idea is if this girl has been raped because she's just been left naked running the streets of Edinburgh. So there's that sort of is she has she, you know, as you say, and she she's acting very strange. She's a sort of a hippie type kid. Yeah, you know, she's a sort really... of women women's rights isn't she activist type and, is and there's a there's a real concern over yeah whether she's telling the truth or not i'm intrigued to watch more it's a good story and i think th- this writer is really good at setting up a scenario i remember that last year she really puts doubt in your mind about what's really mm. going on and that ha- happens throughout here you, you know you get fed bits of information throughout and then I've, I've watched the whole series right and i won't say what i thought of the final reveal um, okay. but they do sort of put things in place and then you go oh yeah it does all make sense and i think for me what makes it work the most is the is the lead performance from sinov carlson i think yeah. she's absolutely brilliant and, and the first series of cleat was her debut so it's great to see her back here i i feel at times with this because they try and put a lot more sort of political aspect in that they didn't in the first series the balance between the sort of issue side and the sort of bonkers plot that clique has don't mesh together all the time there's a lot of threads being pulled i hope that by the end of the series a lot of them have been sort of brought together and i, I feel confident they will but i don't think they'll go where i think because of how bonkers it is We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email. CustardTVReviews at gmail.com And let's go to <laughs> I'm a Celeb. I think it was one of the nicest series of the year. I th- of, of I'm a Celebrity as well. It was one of the nicest mm. years they've ever had. It's a show that celebrates people getting on and people having a good time and, and pulling together and surviving. And um, I, yeah, I think I really it shows you it. how last year was against the norm. The whole bullying and the, the you know there have been years. Well, no, where there's, there's been, been, been years where they where they've. Yeah. This, you know, it, if anything, this year was against the norm that they didn't have anything yeah. like that. And and I have to say, Holly Willoughby, once she settled into it, uh, I was really you know content with the pair of them working together yeah. and. It worked well. I think. I think it was one of the biggest ratings winner for ITV, and it's one of the longest running shows. And this, on this case, it deserves the eyes. Well, that two it million, the final on last year's final, mm. I believe. Are we now at this point? And it, it happens with. It's happened with others. Are we getting that oversaturation of there are so many shows for celebrities to go on? Well, there's not the, now Big Brothers. There's finished. not now actually. Well, there's fewer shows than ever before. I know well, they're still, on they're still dancing on ice. Strictly come dancing in the jungle to start with. I suppose now the jungle's getting more sort of first refusal on people who may before have done Big yeah. Brother. You know, like the American yeah. stars. Oh, I suppose you so. might see to see more American stars on. Yeah. on I'm a celeb. We've got some uh, social media feedback on I'm a celeb. If you'd Ooh. like some, go from at under the thumb pod. Uh, says, I have this strange fascination with the spider-based Bush Tucker trials on I'm a Celeb, even though I'd climb the effing walls if I had one like that on me. 
It's morbid I, I, curiosity, isn't it? That's I, I do is. not know why you would go in that program if you are scared of snakes and spiders. Yeah. I, I do not know. They also say the trials and presenting on that show are gold. Um, yeah. I would have said the bit there was the one where Emily had to put things on Nick and Harry and she was struggling to get the spiders out. I was going to say that she needed to find a, a big cup glass and a bit, yeah. big glass and a bit of yeah, and a bit of paper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't just... give her the correct tools, <laughs> otherwise it would have worked fine. I, I think she's the one that's probably come out of it the best. I think not she many was people, lovely. not many people would have been outside of fans of the Inbetweeners would have been able to pick her out of a lineup. And little did you know that I she knew was she was Kate... related to Paul McCartney. I don't know why I knew that, but I knew that. And she's Kate Robbins' daughter. Is that Which Ted Robbins? She's... That's yes. it, yeah. That nephew. So Ted I think, Robbins from... is is, uh, is Kate's brother, so That's he's it, her, yes, uncle. Be her uncle. Her uncle. We also I... didn't know that someone was related. That that the girl. The Lord Sugar. Was related to Lord I did. Sugar. Yes, we did. did yes, you we know did, that. Yeah. I did. Yes. Me and Luke did. Okay. Well, I've hung out with Lord Sugar on several occasions. That's so true. Yes, you have. Well done. Um, yes. Also, um, Jordan Gallagher has said um, this is about the opening episode. Enjoyed it. Opening up is always dragged out, though. Deck, great as always. Holly's still finding her feet, which you said. You know, she found them, didn't she? And I've had it on, say, I've put it on the laptop while I've been doing the dishes and things like that. I had it on in the background. It's not always been my main focus. You don't have to watch all of it intently. But um, I I think you can. This to me is like sort of proper Saturday night entertainment, whereas you say you could be doing other things. And it, you'd still get into what was going on. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, so, yeah, I'm a celeb. We all enjoyed it. If you want to catch up with it, yeah, I think there's still some on the ITV hub somewhere. Yeah, it's, more, yeah. it's more, as it was off-putting, just having to use the ITV hub. We watched the second and third episode of the latest Louis Theroux documentaries titled Altered States, where he's been we to did. the States. The first one was around the um, couplings, you know, the, 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 the three... Polygamy. That's it. Pol- polygamy polygamy, polygamy. <laughs> uh, and and the second and third polygamy is when woods which, involved <laughs> which 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 we could say was lighter but wasn't really but these next two were definitely more yeah. sort of hard hitting the second episode was about death and about the idea that there, there should be these options for people to take their own life in a humane way rather than suffering we yeah. met a number of families uh, with just tragic stories of, of yeah. people wanting to take their own life, but still in family settings before they deteriorated. Louis seems to be able to get into any family dynamic I know, very it's, quickly. It's a real skill that not many people have. I think it helps with the Britishness. I think there is a a kind of like oh hello. They how find are you? him affable and exactly. Yeah. He you know he seems to be able to go for breakfast, dinner, and lunch with these people, and they again never say, American hotels now. don't provide breakfast. That's what that is. I'm never going back. I think the third episode was the hardest of the three for me. That I didn't find the ironically, I didn't find the death one hard watching. I found some of the stories very moving, but the third one, I think, which was the one about adoption. The last two had two things in common. Both of them made me feel uncomfortable. So both episodes had, I can't remember what term they use, but I'm going to call them fixers or facilitators. So yes. the death episode had these weird couple who would just go around and. Who sort of also in... lived in Portland, so he, I don't know if he was yes. visiting them at the same time as all the the people in multiple relationships. This weird couple who would go around 
and instruct people on how to kill mm. themselves, basically. Because it wasn't assisted suicide, it was something else suicide. Was They just couldn't help them administer the drugs. No. They could suggest, you it's know... It's almost like could... leaving the gun well, on no, the table they, and the bullets told, in they another told room. This... Like, you sort it out, you know. They told this woman who, who um, used to be quite glamorous working on the home shopping network and all that, basically to how to strangle herself, how to cut off her airway, and then on the day, the morning she did it, they went there watched her do it and left the house with yeah. her body in, which is very creepy. In the third episode, there was these fixers who were sorting out and trying to match mothers to babies, who again really freaked me out. I thought that yeah. woman was really creepy. And and again, it, it seemed to be that the point he was making was, I'm not sure I like the commercialization of these industries. It's not so much a commentary on the people, because in every situation you get a very disturbing story his sort of view was i don't know whether i like the idea of these companies you know kind of like almost like assisted manslaughter i, mm. I do remember that phrase being used you know in the uk they would be tried for manslaughter because as you say they're in the mm. room when death happens they're complicit they actually help but don't actually do it i've seen this subject tackled the choosing death one um, I don't know if you remember this one either of you. Uh, Terry Pratchett did a documentary about I do. that was yeah. really, suicide. Really difficult, to and that's what something. it was. Re- that was I think that was called something like choosing to die or something yes, like that. Yes, you're right. And some of the scenes in this reminded me really of some of the scenes. I was just trying to think. Now I was thinking. I've seen one where someone goes around, and I know this that one was done in Switzerland, wasn't it? With the yeah dignitas. That I think was more personal, purely because. It was something that Pratchett himself was considering because it was mm. when he was diagnosed with the Alzheimer's. Mm. Obviously, all, all the time with Louis, he has this sort of outsider's view, but he still sort of gets entrenched with these families, like you said. Mm. And I mean, the third one was interesting because he, he managed to pick different sides of the coin, didn't he, with the adoption? And there was that couple at the end that kind of got scammed, really, and lost a lot of money. And uh... It was the one that got mm. scammed, the one who sort of... She didn't see a baby at all after it was born, the the woman. And then the third one was what happens afterwards down the line with these open adoptions mm. and like that. And yeah. it's presenting all sides. And I think that's why we like Louis Theroux as much as we do, because there's, there's not as much judgmental. And in... there's not an agenda on it, I no. suppose, either. That's... And we should say as well that not only are these three documentaries all still available on the iPlayer, but all of Louis Theroux's documentaries are currently yeah, on the iPlayer. they're all there. But to me, that's a proper use of the iPlayer. That, yeah. to me, is the first time that I've heard the iPlayer. It's like, yeah, it's Christmas. I want to catch up on something. I could do a deep dive into Louis's work. But they've got loads of box sets, haven't they, over Christmas, I believe. They're yeah. Them. Mind you, the... all of Louis through is also on uh, Netflix as well. That's you? right, yeah, including, including some of it. Because I don't think the Jimmy Savile one is on the iPlayer. I, I don't think I, I don't think the the original Jimmy Savile one is the 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 other one is oh the other the, yeah where he reflects one. but I don't think the original when one is Louis on the met iPlayer. Jimmy I don't think is I no. think that might I own, be I own that on DVD I'm hoping that'll be worth something if I keep hold of it for a bit longer uh, but yeah so you uh, tree aren't after that <laughs> no not that I know of um, but yeah he's always one of my favourites no news on whether he's doing anything next year but whatever it is whatever he does I will um, I'll be watching I'm sure I can't believe I'm about to say this but it is time for our Christmas pick of the week Christmas now, and, new, and New Year and New Year so can I, can I complain again there are funny colours on my screen oh god's um, sake it's only greens and reds though Gary there's no yellow the, well, the, then it's a very bright green 
I'd like to start with what I consider the pinnacle of the Christmas television. 20 Years of the Black Eyed Peas. Um, there's a programme that... Hosted no, by no, Joanna Lumley. Nobody yeah. wants. But I've got a feeling you're not going to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> now, come on, Luke. Where is the love? Where is the love? Uh, <laughs> it's with my hump. Uh, yeah, yeah. The- I mean, how is that a thing ever? Come on, lads. Let's it's get it TV. <sighs> how many are we allowed? As many as you want. It's Christmas. You can have as many presents as you want. Harry, you, you go as Well, the... I, I'm quite looking forward to the ABC murders on BBC yes, One. I think we can uh, all agree I, on I, that. I, I, this stars John Malkovich as Hercule Poirot, which I think is a great uh, bit of casting. Uh, a, a grown-up Rupert Grint uh, and various other people. <laughs> no, they've gone back and reanimated it as when he was quite young. Yeah, well, no, he's grown up. I think this this is this traditional kind of like reimagining of Christie's work at Christmas that they've now got into doing. Sarah um, Phelps is a genius, and I really, I, you know, and the fact that it's again over two nights over Christmas is a three great nights. thing. Is it three? Oh, okay. Yes, you're right. Continues tomorrow, concludes Friday. Well done. I'll be watching that because I have that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off, so I'll be watching. Oh, no, I don't. Oh, sorry. So I'm going to go for um, highlight something that people might not have seen, but I'm interested in. Um, is on Christmas Eve at ten o'clock on BBC Four is something called the Dead Room, which is a oh, yeah, uh, the Mark, Mark Gatiss sort of ghost story. Stars um, Simon Callow as a sort of jobbing actor who does this late night radio ghost story thing, and then things start to happen. That would be something that I would highlight as a sort of maybe a. Uh, a less obvious choice. I would have gone for the ABC murders had uh, Gary not gone for it, but I'll go for the major obvious one, and it's not even on technically over Christmas, it's on New Year's Day, and for some reason they are playing all four of them over four nights, you know, in January, sort of getting rid of them a bit too quick, but definitely something I'll be watching, and that's the return of Luther with Idris Elba, Wumi Masaku as his sort of sidekick, uh, Hermione Norris of Cold Feet pops up as well, and maybe, just maybe, Ruth Wilson. Well, we know she's Just maybe. We know. That's all I'm saying. There's a couple of little hidden gems that I think need a bit of a uh, promotion. I do love a good mo- music documentary, and there's the one about Bross when the music's well, this was screaming a, stops. This was, was actually, actually a film. film. Yeah, yeah, but the, is it? Yeah. yeah. Because I just think Bross is one of those. I mean, I was I grew up in that era. You know, my sister was a big Bross fan, and <laughs> and and they did they did disappear overnight. And I know they've now both made comebacks, or one of them is an actor. And I'd love to know to hear their take on Craig. One of those things that I think over Christmas gets a little bit lost sometimes. Yeah, I look forward to the Chris called the Midwife Christmas Special. Um, I was going to say the Child Genius as well is always good. I always enjoy Christmas that. Eve. There's yeah. lots of good specials. Bake I'm a bit off. confused. I don't quite understand, apart from Dancing on Ice, why the heck are Torval and Dean getting the big Christmas 9.15 ITV Well, stuff? it's not Torval and Dean, it's a drama about Torval Well, and that's Dean. what I mean, but I mean, apart from the, 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 the fact that they're linked is to big, Dancing big, on Ice, I don't know why this has been given that Because slot. they don't have a Victoria or a Downton Abbey to show at Ah, I see. So they're or a May Grey. Yeah, big mistake. You get axed the same year that um, May Grey does. What are the odds? I know, me and May Grey going through the same... Uh, the kind of same <laughs> Let's not forget Britain's favourite chocolate bar on Channel 5. What would be your favourite chocolate bar, Matt and Luke? Toffee Ooh. Crisp. Oh. You know, I don't... In a bit of trivia that you weren't expecting to learn, I don't think I've had a Toffee Crisp since I've been back in the country. Huh? I need to well, try We all one. know American chocolate is terrible, though, so yes, you must I've have been glad it. to...
when you hear us next, we will be talking about the top ten best international shows. Where is the bridge? Where are the Americans? Where is the Handmaid's Tale? You'll find out on um, the next And more podcast. importantly, where is um, Instinct and the um, the Shannara Chronicles? Is that on? Yes, Shannara. Come on, get it right. And then the, <laughs> the time after that, I will upload the best UK shows of the year. Where Where's Book Mafia? Where's, Where's Collateral? <laughs> You'll find Age out Before Beauty. Yeah. Change Your Tune. Yeah, all those mega hits that we've jumped. Press the button. The, the button. What was it called? No, just the button. Just the button. I I, I did see very quickly. Um, Luke did a very good article about the sort of disappointments of the year. TV and someone stuck up for the button. I saw on Twitter saying, Ow. "If you had children, then yeah. then it's a different experience because they like it." So and what were that? But okay. what were they doing up at nine thirty on a Friday? It was eight thirty. Yeah, what were they doing up at eight thirty? They should have been bed. Get to bed, kids. Take care. We'll be back with the best 10 international shows and Yari's final farewell on the best of UK shows. Two more podcasts to come before two. Oh, before got your Gary countdown the... clocks. <laughs> yeah, you've got your Gary the... advent calendar. You've only got, you've only, you've now advent... got two more to put out. The advent calendar. <laughs> the advent calendar. Take care. Bye. Take care. You've had my line. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes, and Facebook. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.